You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. The guy replies, I know, but she has a great personality. Isn't an excellent cook? Right to that song. Hello, and thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you are keeping score, this is episode 124, the happy birthday, little Teresa edition. Yep, I wished her a Facebook official birthday today. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. We'll deal with it after the show. All right, all right. Um, yeah, there's um, there's a few birthdays that I have uh, in my phone to remind me. All the guys, I remember. Uh, I remember all the guys for for at least the close enough proximity to to acknowledge them during their birthday weeks, at least. Mike uh, uh, Matt Soap is January sixth. Peters is May twenty, either first or twenty fifth. I want to say twenty fifth. Uh, Reardon is June 27th, July, and uh, Laffey is July 1st. Then okay. from that, I have to put a few in my phone. Guy is in my phone. Um, you're in my phone, so I don't forget. And uh, little Teresa's in my phone. Because um, her birthday, uh, her email address back in the day, and maybe she still has the same email address I'd I'm not exactly sure. We don't email that much, but uh, it was uh, T D Pasquale zero one two six at whatever it was AOL or Hotmail or Yahoo or whatever the yeah. email of the of the times were. So I that one's always um, was always on my mind. Her sisters, I believe. Felicia is February, I'll say 18th, something like that, because she was F. De Pasquale, <laughs> zero two one eight, um, or, or thereabouts. So, uh, happy birthday, TD. TD's one of those people who, I mean, she's I guess 41 now. I don't think this was a was a was a. You're not supposed to say. Is that, she right? four? Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, you're not supposed to mention her age, which you might be a year older than that. Yeah, because she graduated a, a year ahead of me. She's and, a year behind me in school. Yeah, so she's probably she's probably a year ahead since it's a January birthday. Uh, but there's no way, there's no way she looks like she's in her forties. No, she looks like she's like twenty three. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Now a lot of it has to do with it. She's little. Yeah, right. She also has great Italian genetics. She has incredible Italian genetics, and her husband does not look like he's in his forties, and he's a big dude. Yeah, Um, he looks like he's (laughs) sixty. Yeah, with the two of them, man, he looks like he's in his mid thirties. Top. She looks like she could be late twenties, early thirties. God bless her, man. God bless her. It's 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 strange because I've known her for for a long time, um, and you know when you you kind of lock somebody in to yeah. a, you know to a particular to a particular point in your timeline. Um, I don't even know that I've locked her into that point 
in my timeline. Well, like, yeah, like people that are always going to be like 20 to you, you know? Yeah, like all the, all the, uh, you know, all the uh, Danielle Weisses and uh, Leanne yeah. Picards and Janelle Blakely's of the world. In my mind, they're all in their in their twenties. Yeah, pe- that's what- people who you might know today still, but the last time you actually substantially hung out with them was like in college. They'll yeah. always be that age. Well, I've, I've, I've seen a few birthdays today on Facebook. Not just Teresa, but there was a couple other people. I was like. Or they reminded you people that are going to be a couple days, and one of them I saw, I was like, wow, that girl's going to be 40? And I remember, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, she lived above me my last year of school. Yeah. (laughs) It just still blows me away. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. So, uh, happy birthday, little Teresa. Yes. A big happy birthday to little Teresa. There's a... um, there's a little Teresa birthday story that gets circulated every once in a while. And, you know, for for as good as friends as we are, and, like, I'm friends with Lou, and they come to the beach every year with the kids, and, like, we make Grasso. it a point. Yeah, we make it a point to get together. Yeah. She's not that far from me. She's only, you know, a half an hour or something, but I don't go to, like the christenings and the birthday parties and you know i think i was gone during those formative years when they had first started having kids and like you know yeah because the kids are like in middle school and stuff now right 11 yeah something like that gianna's uh the oldest is is up there so i was gone and like they have huge families and they have huge high school social networks so when they're thinking of like let me invite all these people Maybe I didn't come to mind or or maybe I never showed any interest in going. But like I'm still I'm still really close with those guys. And when we'll get together, the Teresa's birthday story comes up, which was the first time I met Lou. And it's not a story I like to tell. Cause it's it's kind of embarrassing for everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> but T D loves to tell it. You know, or if we're with a group of of their high school friends that remember me from from back in that time, somebody will recount that story. And it's not a very flattering story on Lou's behalf. It's not a very flattering story on TD's behalf. But um, it came up the other day when we were all at the St. No, the UConn game. We all went into the the city and we caught up with them. And the way the story goes is uh, they threw a big party at, um, you know, like one of those theme clubs in new york city like uh you know was like an 80s club or something and you could pay to have wristbands for your for your group and they would like you would do like a snowball yes exactly exactly so um i was a late attendee I was I was living in Weehawken and you know kind of made my way around the city. So maybe I went to go see Guy at Scruffy Duffy's, or I was downtown and I was going to swing by this party. Um, and I swing by, but I had just shaved my head, so it's got to be 1999ish, right? I just shaved my head and um, had a trademark red, white, and blue headband on. Yeah, and I don't know. I must have met Lou once before, once or twice, hanging out at like TD's house or something, and um, so he had a 
he and they were a, married at this point? No, no, no. She's 23 or so. Oh, so this is right after. They had yeah. just started dating, and maybe I met him when they were just friends, you know? Like a big social gathering at her house before we went back to school or something. And he was just a, one of the, uh, of, the, of the several guys that she knew, you know, from the neighborhood. Or T.D. I mean, uh, Tara Fox went to uh, grew up in his hometown or something along those lines. It, okay. he, their story is that they were acquaintances, then became friends, and then just eventually started dating. That's kind of how they were on the – he was on the long con. Um, and he was from their area. So I must have met him once or twice before because I think that's what makes the story – so Teresa's from like a town over from Tara Fox or something? Yeah, they went to the same high school. Oh, okay. okay. They went to the same high school. Catholic high school. Bishop R. Uh, Bishop George R. High School. Okay. Um, right. And Lou went to, I think, the public high school at the neighboring town. And uh, I come into the party and and uh, they were all wasted and... And I walk across the dance floor and I see little Teresa and she comes running and she jumps up to give me a hug. She's little. She's a little Teresa, right? She jumps up to give me a hug and I catch her. And she has her arms around my neck and her legs around my, you know, my legs, like my hips kind of. And she's like, hey, you know, she's a drunk 23-year-old. She's a woo girl. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I see Lou from across the room, like steam is coming out of his out of his ears, and he's making a beeline across the floor. And I'm like, well, he kind of knows me. I think. What's he so angry about? Well, I had a shaved head, and and I guess he didn't recognize me, or or maybe TD was being a little. Uh, too affectionate or whatever. So Lou thinks that she's making out from the angle that he's looking at, thinks she's making out with some random dude. <laughs> and I see him coming, so I let go of little Teresa, but she um, didn't let go of me. So she's still hanging around my neck and, and, and around my chest, but she's so drunk that she can't support her own weight. And after a minute, after a second or two, she ends up falling to the floor like a rag doll. And uh, and he helps her up and, and is like, "What are you? Who who is this? What are you doing?" Blah blah blah. But she can't communicate that it's me. And I don't understand what what the pros, what the problem here she's is. She's too I, drunk to communicate. Yeah, she's too drunk to communicate. And you, and you don't understand what the beef is what, about what because the, you're what not the beef even is. thinking that. Right, that a he doesn't recognize me, and yeah, beef. you're not aware that you're unrecognizable right now. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, they kind of then go off into the corner to have a discussion. Wait, about so he it. still didn't even recognize you, even when he walked up. No, no, he didn't, because okay. he maybe I met him once. Oh, you know? okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they hadn't even really like that was their first like outing as a couple. Okay, you know, but like he her pro- they, but he definitely heard stories about you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. uh, absolutely. And if I were to intervene with, hey, I'm Dimples. <laughs> I probably could have circumvented the whole problem, but therein there's the rub. At no point am I going to intervene with, "Hey, I'm Dimples." Yeah, yeah, that's me. 
<laughs> so um, I dropped six-year-old guy. They call dimples. <laughs> <laughs> so I drop her, and she falls, and he picks her up, and they go in the corner. And I'm pretty sure their night ended. That was the end of their night. I think they got into a fight about it, and she left, or he left, and and that was it. But it's then I had no fight since they were both Italian. I had nobody to hang out with, so I just turned around and I left. (laughs) But I don't like to tell that story because it's not very flattering on on either their behalves, and I always cringe. Yeah, Yeah, because yeah, of course it's terrible. It's terrible for both of them. Yeah, and level of intoxication. Yeah, and 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 and, you know, kind of, kind of his temper there, and uh, I just. I cringe when they tell that story and she was telling it the other day and I'm like, Oh my God. You know, like I don't even cringe when, well, when, any- y'all, when y'all went to Yukon game, she was telling. Yeah. That. Yeah. 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 Cause Liz was there. Liz Stillman was there and they, they don't really hang out. They kind of know each other, but they don't really hang out. And yeah, and you're so- the one that kind of ties them together. Exactly. You're, exactly, you're so. good friends with each one of them in separate yep. capacities. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but the fact that it was her birthday, I guess, warrants, or at least, uh, at least legitimizes that telling of that story. But anyway, anyway, um, as long as Teresa doesn't mind telling it. No, she actually kind of. I, I think, think she kind of likes it. I think. She, yeah, she's since funny. she's the one that promotes it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there you go. There you go. Way more than anybody probably cared to know about that particular issue, but that's how we roll. Yep, that is how we roll. Uh, sad times. Sad yeah. times today, my friend. Man, right? Today? It was yesterday, actually. Yesterday? Yesterday, Mary Tyler Moore died. Yeah. Yep. You know, the great Mary I, Tyler Moore. I kind of wish, I kind of wish it was taking another half hour to update the computer because I was enjoying this retrospective on, on CBS. And since I don't have TiVo or DVR or anything, it's like, it's like the old days. Oh well, I'll never see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know. Like, sometimes, like, I'll come across, like, uh, TV shows I used to watch in the 80s that I really liked a lot. And I was like, oh, I've never seen any of these. Because back then, it was like, if you were, if you had life going on, you just didn't see Family Ties that week. You know? Right, right. <laughs> well, you had to wait, you know, until the summer when they would run reruns or yeah, syndication, you right? enough to see one of the reruns. Because obviously not every episode gets shown in reruns. You know, just by mere math, you know? Yeah. It's funny you say that because I watch, uh, you know, I watch a lot of Netflix and yeah. uh, I have been tend to binge watch series and uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a series I got into early okay. uh, and bought them on the seasons on DVD before yep. Netflix was popular. So I own, I own seasons like one through four or whatever, but... Always Sunny is a, I think it's an FX show. Yeah. And they do seasons weird. Like, they have two seasons a year. Yeah. They're they're only two episodes. I mean, ten episodes, right? So I was watching, uh, the new season came out on Netflix. It's the most recent season that's out on Netflix. I think it's season 11. So I ripped through it, and um, 
they like made reference to an episode and I was like, what? I never, I didn't see that episode. And then it drives me crazy that I didn't see the episode. So I go back and try to figure out what season it is, you know? And so I start rewatching the old seasons. But like you said, back in the day, you just moved on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like on one of these antenna networks, they show like family ties. I was like, man, I've never seen any of these. This is like my favorite show growing up. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I'll but tell you. But I think about when I was a kid, you know, you'd play. You know, I remember when I played football, the games would be like on Wednesday nights, you know, and baseball, during, you know, and all these sports, you'd play them, you know, in the evening. So you wouldn't necessarily see all the TV shows, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And um, that, speaking of the, what? what is it, the Decades the the Legends Channel. What was what was? Well, I know uh, there's a Decades Channel, but uh, I watch Antenna TV. That's the one oh, okay. I watch because that's the one that shows Carson and uh, you know, and they show Newhart, which was a Mary Tyler Moore produced TV show, the one from the eighties, right? When, you know, uh, that, when he's a doctor. No, no, that's the one from the seventies. That's Bob Newhart. Oh, oh, the one where he's yeah, uh, show, the one where he's the innkeeper. Yes, the mom, yes which is okay. uh, which I used to watch when I was a kid, but I probably didn't get most of the jokes. That show was I watch it a lot now. It comes on two episodes at midnight every night. I watch it as I go to sleep. That is one of the best written shows ever. That's uh, <laughs> this is my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. Yeah, yeah, that show was genius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was I a great Bob show. It's freaking hilarious, you know. I remember watching uh, watching those shows um, in in first run. Well, do you remember? Yeah, that's what I remember. And um, I don't remember the very earliest episodes because the show is different the first two seasons. They had a couple of different characters before they introduced Peter Scolari and uh, Julia Duffy. Yeah. But um, do you remember the very last episode of the New Heart show? Probably one of the best uh, finales of any show. Yeah. Ever. It was the best finale ever. It's where, you know, everybody decides to sell out to the Japanese, except for the New Hearts, of course. You know, so uh, so they take over the town or whatever, and in the end, you know, it's dark, and then the light turns on, and he's like, "I had the weirdest dream," and Suzanne Plachet's like, "What?" And it's, you know, it's all a dream. Suzanne Plachet. They're back in the same bedroom from the Bob Newhart yeah. show from the seventies. Because it was great. Because <laughs> just the concept and the writing and the characters and the jokes, yeah, were lent themselves to being lent themselves to being you know fantastic in that sense, yeah. right? Tom um, Poston is uh, George. Yes. Handyman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a- and the great thing was Peter Scolari and Julia Duffy who play these vacant. She's like a, uh, she's a, an aristocrat debutante that left to come there as the maid, and they have her as the, work as the maid, but she doesn't do any work. You know, that's one of the run jokes. They're just like yuppie scum, you know, right. completely shallow. <laughs> it's a great show, man. Yeah, yeah, I um. And I don't know why. Maybe it was maybe it was the the death of Mary Tyler Moore, or maybe I'm just particularly nostalgic. But I was I was running through uh, a, a Google rabbit hole and got on to Battle of the Network Stars. 
Oh, I love that show. Right? And so I was going back to try to figure out when was the first Battle of the Network Stars I can really remember. Because, you know, a lot of things now that I think I watched as they happened, I probably saw a rerun for. You but know, it's I, funny how you're saying it. Let me interject real quick. Because they read an article from the Wall Street Journal about flashbulb memory. And what they refer to flashbulb memory, they're talking about traumatic events like 9-11, the Challenger exploding, stuff like that. How people's memories of big things like that are usually wrong. And the article was talking about why it's like that because memory isn't supposed to record that. The me- memory is supposed to basically provide you with lessons about uh, how to deal with stuff. Right. You know? Okay. And that makes sense. And I, and I think that a, a good example of that was we were talking about the Star Wars. Um, yeah. Uh, the Star Wars releases a couple weeks ago. And, and, you know, in my mind, I was standing outside in, you know, around the building for Star Wars. But yep. it clearly didn't happen that way because there would be no way i'd be old enough or josh would be old enough so yeah you're right Um, yeah i've heard that before about uh witness testimony in court cases it's usually wrong yeah which is funny because i my third year law school i wrote a paper um about the reliability or lack there excuse me lack thereof of um eyewitness testimony and uh these battle the network stars i remember I remember Gabe Kaplan and Telly Savalas and Rob Conrad, like for five or six years. That was like Gabe Kaplan was the captain of the, you know, the ABC team when Welcome Back Cotter was at its heyday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, so that's seventy eight. I was five the last time Gabe Kaplan was the was the captain, and th- there's a there's a chance that I watched it. Yep. Five years old at that time, um, you know, in November, I, I, it was conceivable that my parents put it on TV and let me sit and watch it, you know? Yeah, um, of course. But, I don't know. Chances are, at five years old, am I going to have that vivid memory of it? Probably not. Yeah. But we, di- we didn't have cable. So, like, things that probably would have been rerun for, for most of, you know, most of my community, because they watched it on cable, probably didn't get rerun for me because because I didn't have, you know, I only had the three channels. Yep, I remember that. So, you remember, and you remember when TV would end at the yeah. end of the night? Yes, <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking somewhere in like somewhere in like. The early '80s is probably when I really remember it. Scott Bayo, Jeff Conway, Robert Urich, 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 Urich. That's how I used to say it. Yeah. yeah. Tom Selleck. Bob Urich, as we call him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I remember them, and it, it just seemed like. I don't know, you know, like all these people, and 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 for the most part, it's nostalgia, right? They're these are these are watermarks of a different time, and yeah, I, I don't you ever see the ones with Mark Harmon's in them, and he just dominates because yeah. you know, yes. it's a record UCLA, yes, right, and right. he's just destroying fools because 
ESPN Classic was show used to show a bunch of those, you know, and they were doing like a few years ago. I mean, they probably done it a bunch of times when they first got it. They did like basically a marathon of them one weekend, and I was watching the ones with Mark Harmon. He's just dominating every competition. It was awesome. See, now I do remember those. I do because he was on St. Elsewhere, I think, at the time. Yeah, and those were probably mid to late eighties, right? Yeah, it was probably like 84, 85-ish, yeah. Uh, let's see. Harmon was, uh, yeah, 84. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, now, so that, I can't, there's no way I remember watching the Mary Tyler Moore show on first run. No, right? I never, yeah, I never, I've only seen a couple of episodes of the show in my life in general. That, um... I'm I grew up with Bob Newhart. Let's see. The Mary Tyler Moore show ran from 70 to 77. So I wasn't even three when it was off the yeah. air. Right? Yep. Um, or I was three. I wasn't even four when it was off the air. So I definitely didn't watch it. But I, I think syndication was such a bigger deal back then. Oh, and it did. Well, Hold yeah, because they always had the, the UHF channels. Yeah. Okay. So it did go into syndication. Um, the show, oh, wait, it didn't do well in syndication. Um, but you know what? I had uh, I had WPIX and WOR. Which yeah, were those are like those UHF stations. Two super stations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they probably ran it. So I remember as a kid watching the Mary Tyler Moore show. It was funny. Um, and all those – it was ensemble cast and Lou Grant and Ted Knight and Gavin McC- cloud right yeah yeah yeah. um and i remember captain steubing i remember having a crush on 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 mary tyler moore as a little kid you know she has those big eyes and the big smile and i don't yep. know if it was a crush i maybe now i've identified it as a crush but back then maybe it was just she was she was aesthetically pleasing you know how babies will be attracted you know their vision attracted yeah. to attractive people because yeah, certain yeah, certain things that their babies are drawn to, yeah. Yeah, it's just the way it was. And um, I was a fan of... And you liked of, it. <laughs> I was a fan of, of 70s comedy. I, you know, I grew up on Sanford and Son and... I love, uh, I used to watch Welcome so Back Cotter. as a kid. Uh, but Mary... After the news. Mary what? Tyler Moore was probably, like, the first, like, female lead character that I that I identified with. That I was drawn to, I should say. <laughs> that I identified with. You know, that's back in the 70s. That's a different podcast. <laughs> it, and it was a maturation. <laughs> uh, and it was a maturation. It went from Mary Tyler Moore to Dorothy Hamill to Valerie Bertinelli. That's kind of the, the evolution. It's all kind of at the same time, basically. It's They're kind of spilling into each other. It's all but- sandwiched. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy Hamill? <laughs> What's that? Dorothy Hamill? <laughs> well, I'm coming down. I'm realizing I'm realizing that I'm only a little kid, so I need somebody closer to my age, right? Yeah. Mary I mean, Tyler Moore. How old was Dorothy Hamill in 1980? Uh, Dorothy Hamill. I mean, she's younger than Mary Tyler Moore. She still wasn't that young back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was still like America's sweetheart. Yeah. You know? Let's see. She was born in 1956. 
So she's twenty-four, nineteen eighty, but still when when did she win the gold medal? Seventy six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like you don't remember that. No, no, I don't, but she stuck around into the eighties yeah. because they did a lot of the you know, obviously they had the Wheaties. And yeah. then um they would do um I mean, I guess the, the ice capades. No, we were in 1980. Yeah, I mean, for some yeah, reason, she was ice capades, right? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, she was in ice capades. She was the headliner in ice capades uh, until '84. Because you just move on from, like, as far as competition goes, you win a gold in like figure skating, and you move on. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. early do you stick around for a second Olympics if you win gold? You know, right? Yes. So we were huge ice capades. Uh, we were a huge oh, ice capades fan. the ice capades? Yes, all the time. Okay, does that all still even exist? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I um. Oh, they declared bankruptcy in 1995. Oh, oh no, man. that nope. Sorry, that was Dorothy Hamill. Uh, Dorothy Hamill declared bankruptcy in 1995. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, oh no no no! As okay, here's what happened: is <laughs> she became an owner of the ice capades. And she ran it right into the ground. And then it was uh, went out of business in 95. But, yeah, we used to go all the time. I think a lot of it was um, – I was in Cub Scouts, so we would uh, – we'd, we'd, you know, get group tickets for for okay. outings. And then, you know, all the, the families would go together. Um, and Ice Capades was always a cheap, easy thing to go to. So um, – I remember seeing a bunch of a bunch of ice capades with Dorothy Hamill, and, and at that point, I'm almost well. In 1995, I'm I'm old, but in 1980, uh, what did we say? When did she stop performing in the ice capades? 84. You know, I'm That's 11. Stop performing it. That's when she was to stop. She stopped being the headliner. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, after her uh, shine gold medal shine wore off. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm 11 at that point. That's legit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she's almost 30 at that point. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. But she's America's sweetheart, and and that's in in my mind. I guess right? it's a different thing when you grow up north, though, too. As opposed uh, to growing up somewhere where there's no, like, ice, you know? Uh, wait, what are we talking about? My infatuation for the Ice Capades or infatuation for Dorothy Hamill? Well, kind of both. Okay. You, know, you don't like, have the connection. Dorothy you can't... Hamill is a big deal, but I've not, people don't hear it on Ice Skate. You know, it's uh, like. Okay. So, I mean, okay. people watch the figure skating Olympics, but it's not the same. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. hockey. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. stuff that involves cold weather is kind of like, you know, it doesn't have as much resonance down here because it's like. Well, we don't do cold weather stuff, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So you're missing out on how I have such a connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how she stayed around. might have come here once a year. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it was a stop because they do Disney on ice comes here all the time. Yeah. But, but it probably wasn't a staple. Like up there, they probably did multiple shows per venue. Yeah. You know? I, um... I missed out on Peggy Fleming. That's yeah, Peggy that's Fleming. She's like from the '60s, though, right? Like '68 yeah, or something. She was the she was the uh, at least one Olympics before. 
I think she might have been uh, 68. Look it up. Let's see. Peggy Fleming. I leave the Googling up to you, sir. I um, Peggy Fleming is 68. She was yeah. born in 48. She has a she gold might as well be your mom. A medal from Grenoble. Right. She might as well be my mom. She right. <laughs> my mom's birthday's coming up in a couple of days, and I think she's gonna oh, be nice. 68. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So she might as well be your mom, basically, yeah. or my mom. You know, because my mom um, was born 45. You know, <laughs> that age range. So let's see, when is this picture from? Because she's pretty foxy. Two thousand. This is a 2010 picture. So this is six years ago, and I don't know. Listen, six years ago, I'd, I'd spit some game to Peggy Fleming. All due respect to Mr. Fleming. Um, like, who is this drunken, <laughs> overweight, bald man who is trying to hit on me? <laughs> No, seven years ago in 2010, I would, I would have, I would, I would have probably just been a drunken bald man. <laughs> oh yeah, that's when you were at your peak physical shape, right? <laughs> well, peak physical shape was 19, uh, 1997. You sure it wasn't like the Norm Macdonald routine? I was in my peak physical shape when I was one. People look at me and they say, "You don't look a day past zero. <laughs> <laughs> now Valerie Bertinelli, on the other hand, yes, Valerie Bertinelli. I mean, she was a she she was a, a heartthrob in the early eighties. I mean, so much so that Eddie Van Halen married her. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, she was in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, of course, because she was yeah, because she was the cute teenager on one day at a time. Yeah, although she is. 13 years older than me. She was born in 1960. She's not that much younger than Dorothy Hamill. Well, yeah. And I should start running in the 70s. Uh, let's see. One day at a time. 75. Yes. It was the first yeah. thing she did. Yeah. Because how old was she on that on the first one? Because she was like the kid. Yeah. Uh, 15. Yeah. All right. And Mackenzie Phillips was the older sister. Yeah. Um. And it's really funny. There's a uh, there's a remake of One Day at a Time on Netflix, and it's based on a Cuban family in Miami. Oh, really? With uh, with the same dynamic, the the mother, uh, working divorced mother, uh, two kids, uh, and a grandma. So the grandma from One Day at a Time didn't come until the latter years, but they introduced the yeah. grandma early. And there's a Schneider. Ah, but nice. Not only is there a character based on Schneider, his name is Schneider. Oh, really? And he plays basically the same shtick. Uh, he's a... The lecherous handyman? Well, he's a, like a hipster <laughs> trust a, fund. Yeah. A lecherous a, a hipster trust fund baby whose parents own the building, and he, he's the uh, superintendent. But the grandmother makes That guy died last year. Uh, Pat Harrington. And he was really old, man. I was surprised how old he was. Yeah, he was well into his 80s, right? Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, that's the guy. The guy played Schneider was. That dude was playing Schneider at that age, you know, because yeah. you never think of him as being an old dude. Yeah. Yeah, and he was great. Yeah. You know what's weird about One Day at a Time? When I used to, like, when I was little, 
you know, One Day at a Time was on TV until like 1984 or so, you know? Yeah, it was on it for a long time. For, yeah, it ran yeah. for a long time. Like a lot of those shows that started in the 70s ended up in the mid-80s, like Happy Days, Laverne Shirley, The Jeffersons, you know? So, like, the only memory I have of those shows is the is the episodes that were on the 80s. And Mackenzie Phillips was already gone. I was like, but you'd see the reruns. Cause they were, you know, cause stations would show reruns at the same time, you know, syndicated stuff. And I'd be like, I don't recognize these when I'd see them, the ones with Mackenzie Phillips when I was a kid, you know, and that had Mackenzie Phillips had, has nothing to do with one day at a time for me, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. uh, she was on the first five seasons. I think the first like three, she was legit. And then the fourth was when her drug problems started, so they always were writing her out of the script. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then she hit rock bottom, and they got rid of her. Yep, but they never they never cast her off. Like she yeah, they didn't kill her off or whatever. She had a recurring role in like the latter years where she gets married. Remember the the sisters uh, get married and they all live in the same house, but uh, she ran off. Like she left her husband and her kid to like go find herself or whatever, and that was like a big okay. storyline. You know, it's funny about that. The other day, an episode of One Day at a Time was on. Uh, you know, I walked in, I had the TV on, and I went and took the dog for a walk and came back. And um, it took place in Indianapolis, correct? Yes. Okay. And I walk in, and it was on, and Bonnie Franklin, in the scene, she's wearing a Super Bowl 16 sweatshirt, 49ers, Bengals. And I remember for a second, I was like, well, why is she wearing that? And I was like, oh, wait, the Colts didn't move to Indianapolis yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like she's probably a Bengals fan or something, uh, you know? True, true. <laughs> um, but the new one day at a time, and they use they use a um, is it a, the uh... <laughs> no no no. But the 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 theme song is the same, but it's done with like a um, Latin flair. Latin flair. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Uh, but the grandmother is Rita Moreno. Oh okay, and yep. she makes the show. First of all, first of all. Um, she is like, I don't know, 85. Yeah. She doesn't look a day over 70. Like, I, I would say she's in her 60s. Now, oh, granted, damn. she, she's got, she wears a wig. She's meant to look like a very, um, a very superficial, um, and materialistic old woman. Right, like cares about what she looks like, doesn't want to appear to be old, et cetera, et cetera. But um, she dances and runs around like she's in her 50s. She's 85 Damn. years old. That's crazy. And like she looks unbelievable in like in real life for an 85-year-old. Yeah. I, and I guess that's, I mean, 80s. I think 90s, the line of demarcation where they say, like, listen, everybody wants to live to be 100, but the human body's really not meant to live past 90. Yeah. Like, that's when you start to deteriorate and, you know, your muscles, you don't have the capacity and the lung capacity and, um, you know, your systems aren't aren't functioning. But she's 85, man. 
It's unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm a big Rita Moreno fan because my dad is a big Rita Moreno fan. And um, he, he'll talk about her occasionally for... She was in West Side Story, right? West Side Story. She was in the Electric Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Children's television show. She was on Oz. She played... Uh, I saw her on... Maybe they did a thing on her on CBS Sunday morning, it might have been. I know I saw... Like in the past year or so, I know I saw some kind of retrospective piece about her. She has... Um, she has three-fourths of the of the, uh, uh, of the heralded EGOT. She has an Academy Award, an Emmy, and a Tony. Okay, but no Grammy, huh? No Grammy. I and I, I would think that she would have for uh, you know, like a West Side Story, like, like a soundtrack, soundtrack or something. something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she started. She started acting in 1950. Okay, and uh, she's been going strong ever since then. Um, I'm sure the people tuning in tonight didn't think they were going to get a Rita Moreno. <laughs> Retrospective. <laughs> Retrospective. <yeah. laughs> I mean, I'm sure Fredo's probably loving it that we're focusing on Latin culture and everything. But uh, well, <laughs> the only other stuff I got really. Like, Fredo's thinking right now. He's like, he's like, oh man, maybe they're gonna talk about my favorite band, Mana. 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 So, well, uh, the only other two things that I have uh, both get my panties in a bunch, so I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to jump into the vitriol. I think we, we gotta jump into the vitriol until we uh, ex- uh, exhausted all other uh, issues. But uh, rest in peace, Mary <laughs> we really are exhausting things <laughs> when we're talking about the Netflix uh, Cuban remake. remake of One Day at a Time. <laughs> You know, if it was any other show, I probably would have skipped over it. But, uh, you know, as you know, the role that One Day at a Time played in my in my m- mental, emotional, and, and physical maturation is, is a great one. So it caught my eye, and I thought I would just bring it to, to everybody's attention. But um, when I'm not spending my evenings watching reruns of... Uh, uh, or new remakes of One Day at a Time. I am harvesting my lemons to make lemon cello. Yes. So how many lemons did you have to okay. get for this? So you have so a lemon th- tree in your yard, right? Yes. Yeah. Here, here's uh, not to bury the lead. I I harvested eleven lemons, humongous lemons. Steeped them for four huge days. Huge lemons. Huge. <laughs> they were bigly. These lemons were yes. bigly. These, um, are, these are quality lemons. These are top of the line lemons. So I steeped the lemons in vodka. I bought the good stuff, Tito's. I steeped the lemons. You cut the lemons open and, and let them sit in the vodka? Is that how you do it? No, no you peel them. Okay. You peel, oh, you peel. Like you take a vegetable peeler and you skin them. So like the pith stays on the lemon. You just want the peel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so... The zest, if you will. The moral of the story is that Roscoe drank my fucking limoncello, and I was... Moral. And I was irate. How did that happen? All right. So, let me... Let's, let's talk back. about the process that you have to let's go, go back. to to get the lemons. Like, how long it took for the... 
the lemon tree, the mature, and all yes. that. So three years ago, three three, three, sum, three summers ago, um, when we had first moved into the house, um, or maybe not even first moved into the house, because that uh, maybe we were here for a year and then we bought the lemon tree, and we put it outside. We put it in a pot, big pot, but. It's still a pot because we have to move the lemon tree inside during the um, the the winter. Ange and I, not Roscoe and I. This was a this yeah, was a project yeah, yeah. Ange and I uh, undertook. So the lemon and, tree is sturdy enough to survive on its own through the weather. Well, we got to bring it inside. Oh, you you still do? Yeah, still do, still do. Okay. So um, I the first summer we had it it. It grew a couple lemons, but the squirrels came and ate the lemons. Because the chick next door to us fed the squirrels, so we had, like, Damn. infestation. You can never have a lemon tree up there then, right? Like, other than the way you're doing it, where you're Correct. bringing it in. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, unless you had a greenhouse, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but you cannot. You can't have lemon trees that just grow. No, nope. Outside up there. No, they wouldn't survive, because it they they are they're flowering. Yeah. Year round. Right. Okay. So, so first year we grew a couple of lemons and they didn't um, they didn't produce because the squirrels ate them. Then I went to Jackson and I brought the lemon tree with me. And we, yeah, so we saw a couple lemons start to um, start to grow, but I think Jeremy was there at the time, and I think the girls picked them off before they could grow any bigger. <laughs> so they got you know they were really small, and and you know they were little kids, so I think they picked a couple of them off. But um, this year in December. While it was still inside, it flowered, and then it started to produce about a dozen lemons. I put it outside in the summer, and they took off. Like, over yeah. that three- or four-month period, they really matured. They really got bigger. I brought them back inside for the, uh, for the winter, but they didn't turn green. I mean, I'm sorry. They didn't turn yellow. They were still green. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. I took one off. I cut it. It was small, like a like a like a lime, like a lime size. And I thought maybe they were limes, but nope. They were definitely cut them open. They're yellow on the inside, and you could tell that it was going to be a lemon. So I yeah. let them let them stay on the tree, and then overnight, they basically turned from green to yellow. And I guess at that point they were ready to be harvested. But I left them on for a couple more weeks. And they were humongous lemons. They were like almost the size of an orange, like a big navel orange. Damn. Was it Meyer lemons? Do you know what type of strain you had? I, no, I don't. I don't. Okay. And and Because um, I think Meyers are kind of big. That's a common one people have in their backyards down here. Okay. All right. Um, big, thick uh, peels. Yeah, like almost like an orange peel, right? Like an yeah, orange yeah. Orange peel, right? So I was I was very excited, and the, technically they were done before Christmas, and I probably could have made some limoncello before Christmas, but um, I got tied up with other shit, and I was like, no worries, I'm not gonna stress about it. When I get to it, I get to it. 
uh, Martin Luther King weekend, I decided to take Monday off. There was no court. I didn't have any cases. Uh, so I was going to make it a long weekend. So that Sunday, I ended up doing a bunch of projects around the house. I hung a pot hanger, just like you did. I made yep. a table out of a uh, pipe and, and an old reclaimed piece of oak that I had. And yes, uh, that was cool. I decided to make the limoncello. So I, I, I shave off all the, the lemon peels and I get the right container. You know, I didn't want to put it in metal cause I didn't want it to, to, uh, to influence the taste of the vodka or the lemon. So I found a glass pitcher to put it in. I let them steep. And yeah, let it see. Now, depending on who you're, who you're gonna follow, it's either four days or forty days. But I think it's one of those things that after four days there is no more chemical reaction. Yeah. So four equals forty in terms of what we're trying to do here. Yeah. So. I, I took the shortcut. I did the you know the Food Network recipe that called for four days. So while it was steeping, I ordered um, uh, three quarter liter bottles, point uh, seven fifty milliliter bottles with the you know with the the stopper on top. Yep. So so I'm gonna bottle them up, and I figured I bought four. I, th- I thought I had enough for four because I made double the recipe. I used 1.5 liter bottle of vodka when it called for for less than that. So I was good. I steeped. You could smell the lemons. I made my simple syrup and I mixed it up and then I let it sit uh, in the fridge for a day, 24 hours. And it it looks it looks great. It looks awesome. It's yellow. It's like cloudy, like it should be. But I've never had limoncello. The only my only experience with limoncello is Danny DeVito came out with a limoncello line a bunch of years ago, and he went on like The View or the, one of the talk shows with George Clooney, and he was absolutely and they were both absolutely wasted because they were coming from like a limoncello premiere, and they just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. It's really sweet. Um, yeah. So that was my only experience. You know, I'm not a big liqueur guy. I don't have like a cordial if I'm out to eat or, you know, something like that. Maybe every once in a while I'll have, uh, I don't know, Reardon, uh, maybe a Sambuca or something, you know, if I'm out to dinner with Reardon. But he's the only he's the only one. Yeah. So I, I, it was only four days, four, five days worth of, uh, worth of my time. But it still was a process. And... I've got this vodka, and I fill up three of the bottles. I only had enough. Uh, I only had enough vodka or limoncello to fill three of the bottles. So technically, the 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 um, the lemon tree is fifty percent anges. So fifty percent of the lemon harvest is hers, right? Yeah. So, I've got these three bottles, and I decide. Well, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give one to my parents, and I'm gonna give one to Ange, and then I'm gonna give her one to give to her, um, to her grandfather, 
Her grandparents. Both. This is when you think you're getting four bottles out of it. No, three bottles. I know at this point I know. I'm oh, you knew you were getting three bottles. I'm okay. only getting three bottles because I had already bottled it. And but you were gonna. But you were just gonna give all the bottles away. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna give one of my exactly. Yep. Yeah, okay. I was gonna give them all away. Um, I had one for my parents and then two for Ange because I miscalculated. So I'm gonna give away one of mine. Yeah. Right. So, um, and her grandfather's, you know, is Italian, and and um, I thought would appreciate some homemade limoncello, and um, you know, I'm gonna give them to her, and, and she can deliver them, and and it'll, it'll be great. So I put them in the fridge. Because they need to chill. But I had a little left over. This was a Monday night, maybe? Sunday night. I made him Sunday because I, I didn't have work on Monday. Uh, I had a little left over. And I poured two little eight-ounce glasses of limoncello. And I got one for me and one for Roscoe. And I said, all right, I'll save these, right? And I put them in the fridge. And he's at work, and I'm, you know, I'm just kind of putzing around. He dinner, he comes home. I go, hey, I got a surprise for you. So I serve him up a lemon chill, and I go, cheers. I've never had it before. I don't know if you've ever had it before, but let me know what you think. And uh, he takes a sip and says, ah, oh, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I finish mine, and it's kind of strong. I heard some people made it with, uh, with Everclear, but I wouldn't make it with Everclear. I'd make it with Tito's vodka. Maybe I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd jump it up to 100 proof if I really wanted to get fucked up. But it's an after dinner. You only, you're only drinking eight ounces of it. You're you not know gonna what? Sit- I can tell you the two occasions I ever drank limoncello. One was when I was in Europe the last year I was there because one of the professors who, who lives here, who was over there that year, he's a big limoncello guy. And that was his thing, you know. And it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, we're all going to drink limoncello with him, you know. Yeah, because because he, he loves it. So he had like this great bottle of Italian limoncello. We we're in Austria, but he'd stopped in Italy before, you know. Right. And, and one night when I went to a really nice Italian restaurant, maybe like three or four years ago, uh, that was, you know, I drank it there because it was like an after dinner drink. Right. Right. And yeah. it's 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 sweet, but it's strong. It's uh, it's vodka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, it's like, got a little oh, kick. After you eat your meal or whatever, and you drink a little limoncello at the end or whatever. But it's not something that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna down or you, you know, it's, it's no, eight you ounces tops. Sit there and it's it's just like sambuca and stuff. Right. Who sits there and sucks down a bottle of sambuca? It's not right. Something like that. Yes. So In fact, I pr- limoncello bottles are small to begin with. Yes, right. So that's what they're they're point seven five liter bottles. Are, you know they're they're yeah. not you know huge handles. So I drink mine, and Roscoe just kind of lets his sit, which he's apt to do. He's a very um, he's a very measured consumer. You know, he doesn't eat a lot. He'll eat like a half of a sandwich. You know, he's very in moderation when it comes to like a lot of. A lot of things like that. He'll have a half of a Snickers bar. God bless him. I wish I could do it, you know? So I'm not that surprised at this point that I offer him the limoncello and that it he's not, you know, he doesn't down it. He lets it sit there. You know, he's not a big vodka drinker. That's fine. Um, but I thought maybe he didn't like it. So I said, all right, no big deal. 
no big deal. I'll let it sit there. Um, I don't think he's going to throw it away. That's not his deal. He'll put it back in the fridge, and if it's there tomorrow, I'll drink it or whatever. And he pours himself a glass of wine. We watch some football or whatever, and then I go to bed. And then... Thinking all is right in the world. I don't know if it's the next day. Right, this is great because at at best-case scenario, he doesn't have a huge taste for it, right? Yeah. Or worst-case scenario, he doesn't have a huge taste for it. Best-case scenario, he despises it. That's going to be no big – he's not going to touch it, right? Yep. I wake up the next morning. I think it was the next – it must have been the next day because I I noticed it. And I texted you. Yep. I go into the fridge, and there's three bottles of lemon cello. Correction. There are two and two-thirds of a bottle of lemon cello left. And I am livid. I am absolutely livid. Not not that he drank the limoncello. Right? Because he has no yeah. way to know that that I am going to save these and give it to Angie's grandpa. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's no way he can connect those dots. But you never told him that. I never told him that. Right, but unfortunately, now you're kicking yourself in the ass for never saying anything. And I don't want to micromanage everything, you know. Like I'm, I'm running this halfway house here, and like I could easily start every day with a roll call meeting on the rules and regulations for the day. (laughs) Right, Sanders way is what we're gonna do today, kids. But I don't, I don't want to. Right, it's a business endeavor. I don't want to micromanage it. Let me make my money, and I'll be fine. But he's got no way of knowing. He can't connect the dots on on that I'm saving this for for somebody. But at the very least, I, I I'm thinking that he knows it took me three years to make this thing, <laughs> <laughs> and of that effort, I've only got. 3.25 liters of limoncello, right? For all yeah, my time. That's that's about a liter a year. Jeez. <laughs> so I figure, like, now we share shit, you know? I've probably eaten more jars of his peanut butter than you can even count because I got a peanut butter problem. But, like, I can replace that, you know? Yeah, I've probably eaten more of his leftovers than he has because he lets them sit in there for a couple of days, and then before I throw them out, well, I'll finish them. But it didn't take three years to make that calzone. So in my yeah. mind, I'm thinking just just common sense says you don't sit and down a you know a third of the bottle just for shits by yourself. So then that's when I start to get all wound up because now in my mind. He got drunk, needed more some more booze, or wanted a different flavor, and he, you know, starts guzzling the limoncello. <laughs> yeah. I've created the scenario in my mind that I now I'm no longer willing to refute, and I'm letting it run. And um, somebody once told me that if left unchecked, the mind will create will cre- create scenarios that you have no control over. Right? If you let your mind run. Trust it'll, me, I know all about that. I'm constantly doing that. It'll go. And it'll go and it'll go and it'll go. Yep. And you gotta you gotta stop it, right? So in yeah. my mind, he's I've got him like 
on a 12-hour bender. You know, he can't stand up. He makes his way to the to the fridge and he starts this whole scenario it's like there's nothing else to drink what's in here right he starts (laughs) slugging the limoncello right fuck that I'll drink this shit (laughs) and in my mind he didn't even get it all in his mouth he spilled some on the floor like he just wasted it you know and I'm pissed and I'm pissed but I don't see him the next day and I don't want to make a big deal about it but I want to address it right um But I don't see him the next day. I don't, want to, I don't want to be passive aggressive about it. I don't want to send him a text. So I'm wait till I see him. I see him the next day. So it's about 36 hours have gone by since I've last seen him. And I also don't want to start the day off in the morning. You know, he just got up. I just got up. I'm gonna run into him. You know, I don't want to start bombarding him with, "Hey, what the fuck's up with the limoncello, man?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Drag your uh, ass out of bed. <laughs> you know, I want to be graceful. But I see him. Slapping him around. <laughs> and uh, I could see he's been up for a while and he's eating breakfast. And so, like, I don't want to bombard him. But now I know that he's he's of sound mind and body. And I go, uh-huh. hey, man. Um, I go, no, I say, <laughs> I say, hey, you fucking lush. Is that what I you was, said to him? Yeah. I was saving those limoncello for gifts. And right away, I his face just kind of fell, you know. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh man, I'm sorry." Like, it, well, he wasn't sheepish. He wasn't like, you know, like he wasn't. You know, like when you do something drunk, you have to try to recall what you did. Yeah. You know, and you kind of process it, and it's like the old um, Sammy Jenkins routine from Memento. It was, you know, you've never seen Memento. Um, there's a there's a bit where he talks about having short-term memory loss and he said, you know, you, you can see it in their eyes. They fake it while they try to process what the memory was. And you, we've all been there, right? Where somebody yep. calls you on something and, and you have to pretend you know exactly what they're talking about while you try to figure it out. But that's not what it was. He, he you know, he, he's got an honest reaction to this situation. And he goes, oh, geez, man. I'm sorry. I, uh... I wanted so-and-so to try some. Well, there we go. Changes the whole complexion of the conversation because... He wants... Wait. He yeah. he said he wants someone to try it? He wanted someone to try it. All right. All right yeah, I get where you're going now. Okay. Right. Someone has a vagina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. So now I'm like... I'm like, oh, now I kind of feel like a jerk because I invented this whole situation. Meanwhile, Roscoe was just trying to get laid. And how else are you going to get laid but to, to pour a nice little glass of limoncello for a young lady? <laughs> well, what would he have done had you not had the limoncello, though? I, I don't know. I don't know. He would, have, he would have found the nice vodka, I guess. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I decided to cut him some slack because um, – He's, you know, he was entertaining and he really didn't know any better. But here's the problem that I have with cutting him that slack is because what he doesn't know is that I, I've already cut him some slack for the bottle of tequila that he drank. Now, there's a <laughs> bottle of tequila. It's Roscoe it's, the it, drunken locust. <laughs> it's, 
It's eighteen hundred tequila, agave tequila, straight from Mexico. That does Angie's, it pour your own? Does it pour a shot for you? Um, no. You know those commercials of Michael Imperioli for oh, the yeah, yeah, Jose yeah, yeah, Cuervo yeah. eighteen eighteen hundred just poured me a shot. What did your tequila do for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, this stuff is like straight from Mexico. It's got the little seal on it. Um, and Angie's dad gave it to me on a trip. Vito, uh, Vito Chip, Chip Vito, uh, Vito Chip Palumbo II um, gave it to me. And I drink tequila. So it wasn't like I was just. I just had it sitting around because I couldn't stand it. it. It was more, I had a more of a sentimental attachment to it. Yep. He gave it to me and like, it was like one of those kind of deals. Right. And, uh, it just sat on my bar. Yeah, something where you're not dying to, to pound it because it's more to it than that. Exactly. Exactly. So now there is just probably an inch left in the bottom. You know, when like you've drank the whole thing, but you've left some, so you don't have to throw the bottle away, so you can say you didn't drink the whole thing. Yeah. That's where the tequila is. And, well, I never told him that. In his mind, he just may or may not have drank the tequila. (laughs) You know? So I've cut him some slack on that, so that's why I'm not eager to cut him some slack on a limoncello because I've also cut him some slack on the bottle of wine that I was given as a wedding gift that sat on the wine rack that I had. And that was more of a, I don't drink wine. Yeah. But it was still an engraved bottle with, uh, you know, with mine and Angie's name in it. And um, and our wedding. Yeah, how date. much slack can you cut them? You know <laughs> exactly. Where do I draw the line? <laughs> I mean, you can't keep cutting slack when clearly there's a pattern that he right. just goes and drinks whatever's fucking available when he sees it. You know, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh lord. So <laughs> it's awful. Uh, now you know where the. Where the vodka from the glass bottle <laughs> issue? Yeah, yeah, in, right? yes, yes. That's a that's a real thing, man. My struggle is real. My struggle. Yeah, is real. I mean, you you need to freaking get a a lock up liquor cabinet or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I'm not even now, joking about that. You got to do something to protect your ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, the good news is I'm out of sentimentally uh, sentimental attachments to any of my yeah, alcohol. So better this- hope like somebody, <laughs> you know, a dying grandfather doesn't dying relative doesn't give you some cherished bottle. Eighteen hundred you know? scotch. Yeah, eighteen year old scotch, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I carried this. <laughs> through the war, you know, right? right. Uh, and this means everything to me because it's the last drink me and my father ever shared. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful! And then twenty-four hours later, what happened to the bottle of scotch? <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that was yours? <laughs> like as if he thought he bought that stuff. You know, that's right. the other thing. Right. Uh, so now I've got to. There was no handmade uh, alcohol here yesterday. Today there is. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's brash, though, man. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I I think it comes from a different place than inconsiderate. Inconsiderate. You know yeah, what I mean? Place is that? Yeah. Like, what? What is that place? Yeah. What is that place? A functional alcoholism. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I was clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I we're mean, definitely because part of function, part of alcoholism is, uh, is being like inconsiderate. You know? Yeah. No. Sure. I, listen. I mean, that's why one of those twelve steps is when you gotta go apologize to people and shit. Yeah. You no, know? I'd imagine if there ever became that, that we got to that point and I don't think we'll get to that point, but I think if we had ever gotten to that point, I think there would be a conversation that says, Hey, listen, I'm on whatever. I'm on step six. I'm sorry for the limoncello. I'm on step seven. I'm sorry for the tequila. I'm on, I'm on step eight. I'm sorry for, sorry for the I'm wine. On step nine. I'm sorry about that <laughs> bottle of scotch. Your dying uncle gave you <laughs> back in 19. <laughs> Right back in nineteen. <laughs> At least we can laugh about it. Yeah, I mean, because what are you gonna do, right? What are you gonna do? I think so. Now I what mean, I have to do? Like I said the other day, man, in text you're sending me that. It's like, man, when I met that kid, when he was just a fresh-faced eighteen-year-old, I never would have imagined, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years later you know, it's, it's kind of inconceivable you know yeah yeah but uh, uh, you know i think you know i think a lot of that is just you know it's kind of beyond comprehension yeah i mean it's a problem yeah and that's yeah, I don't. Want, we can get into it on on any yeah, forum. Be, I don't think that's yeah. This isn't going to be appropriate to grave. Yeah, yeah. It's not to go no, there, but we, um, we, no, we don't need to discuss. But yeah, you're right. Problems, you, but you're right. It's you're still right, so. crazy. Yeah, I mean, just sucks. They drink the limoncello. It, it does. <laughs> it, it does. It really does. So yeah, it just sucks. He drink the limoncello. I'm going to um, maybe I can find like a mature half, half liter bottles. Okay, you know, and and, and repackage the because I, I don't know. Can you give a two thirds full bottle of limoncello <laughs> as a gift? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Uh, no, you can't. So I got to go find a smaller bottle, and then I'll I will uh, find homes for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figure if I get a half liter, that should I should do okay. I should do okay. Yeah. And they're cool because they have the you know the flip. Yeah, the, the little cork top with the flip yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it really looks like I'm uh, you know I'm real sharp because I'm mm-hmm. I'm just biding my time till I can start smoking stuff. You know. Oh, yeah, because I forgot you can't smoke can't. stuff. Yeah, I got to God, wait. life is different in the north, man. Yeah, when you told me that you were uh, 
that you were firing up the smoker and, and making some ribs. I was super jealous. I'm sure you were. I got I got the you know, I had so many damn ribs, man. I've been eating ribs every day. But um <laughs> but I'm like I can't eat any more ribs after tonight. So I had eight more left and normally I eat like four at a time because they're filling, you know? Yeah, sure. I was like, but I just threw all eight of them in the oven tonight. You know, they're warming up right now while we're recording because I'm like, I I just got to move on from ribs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> by hook or in by crook. The last crook. two nights I never ate dinner, like, you know, because last night I went to the basketball game, so I didn't eat dinner at home. night before I went to a movie, and I usually don't eat a regular dinner when I go to movies, A, because I know I'm going to eat a ton of popcorn and candy and whatnot so i'm like i know i'm gonna get my calories yeah so it's yeah, pointless yeah, yeah. you know because i need the i need my popcorn when i'm at a movie you know me too man me too i love the i love the popcorn i did go see the founder though with the mcdonald's movie you should go check it out yeah um and the oscars came out right the, the nominations. nominations came out on tuesday of course la la land got 14 nominations i think it tied a record one of my favorite episodes that we do is our annual uh oscars preview so over the next couple weeks or so we'll get that i will say this because this is going to be a good chance you know they're going to re-release all the oscar movies whether it's like like amc theaters does the thing where they do the oscar uh movie film festival basically uh, give you a chance to see some movies. And I was actually excited because one of the movies that's nominated is Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah. Jeff Bridges. So, yeah, if you get a chance, go check that one out, man. Okay. I, I definitely give that an enthusiastic thumbs up, and it's about a it, it's about a very interesting, you know, basically the underlying cause for what they're doing is very interesting to me, you know? So, I, um, and it's only... It's only like it's it's less than two hours long, which is thankful, you know, because so many so many movies are so overly long nowadays, you know, needless, um, needlessly you- long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would see uh, definitely go see Hell or High Water. I don't know if I'll go see Hacksaw Ridge. I, I might go see it because I know Jordan and I wanted to go see it and our schedules just didn't work out. So I might – my dad actually wanted to go see it, and he never goes to the movies because he really can't hear or see too well anymore. But but it was a couple of weeks ago. My mom's like, well, you take him. And I looked. I was like, Mom, that movie's not out anymore. So we'll see whether it works out because it's only going to be out briefly. And if it's just not, you know, feasible, it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, Arrival, that's the uh, Amy Adams movie? I did see Arrival, yes. All right, maybe I'll go see that. But you know how I feel about Amy Adams. I like, it. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So Hacksaw Ridge, like, you know, I'm a big fan of 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 Gulf War era, Middle East conflict era movies. But the World War II movies just don't. I don't know. They don't resonate with me. To me, there's just too much like carpet bombing. That's yeah, I, well, but the story that they're telling is interesting. Okay, you know, because it's this—it's a guy who refused to carry a weapon. You know. Yeah, no, that's don't interesting. Want to serve, you know. I mean, it's an interesting. Here's the basis. problem I have with with that though is that that guy is Andrew Garfield, right? 
You got a problem with Andrew Garfield now? Yeah, all I see is that he's Spider, a bad Spider Man. Uh, well, he's in it's that awesome. he's in that new movie playing one of the Jesuit priests. That new Martin Scorsese movie, Silence. Yeah, all right. I don't know, maybe, maybe Hell or High Water. I'm in Arrival. He did I play Eduardo Saverin in Social Network. Okay, he wasn't bad in that, but that was before he was Spider Man. Yeah, I know, but. You know, I won't hold the Spider-Man movie against him. I went to see it because my niece wanted to go see it. You know, it was her birthday gift a couple of years ago. But they moved on. You know, no one's going to hold it against them. They didn't make multiple versions of that Spider-Man, thankfully. Okay. All right. All right. Well, if they're willing to move on, maybe I should be willing to move on, right? Yeah. Well, well all right, what then. else really pissed you off, though? Was something else that really pissed you off? Or? Oh, yeah. I'll save that for... Uh, yeah, yeah. Save it for the next for show. For another time, because it's going to be an ongoing... Uh, it's going to be an ongoing issue. It's not leaving my yeah. life anytime soon, so... And uh, I do want to do an Oscar show, because I got things I can talk about as far as the movies. Because I, I, what, what's nominated for Best Picture? We were gone. Uh, I mean, I've seen La La Land. I've seen Hell or High Water. I've seen Arrival. Um, I don't know. They have ten movies nominated nowadays. So, yeah. So let's see. 2017 Academy Awards are um. What are we doing here? Why do they not? Show I them? saw Manchester by the Sea. That's uh, nominated. I'd go see that. I would go see that. Um, select by category. What best picture? Here we go. Um, Arrival Fences, which was a Broadway play. Yeah, August Wilson play. Denzel Washington directors directs and stars in it. Um, I I I, I might see that. I've heard that it's basically just a play on a screen. Um, yeah, they had the guy well. on um the the guy that does the uh. David Edelstein, the critic for CBS Sunday Morning, this weekend, he was actually kind of, I mean, he didn't pan it as much as he said that. It was just like, you know, he's like, Denzel Washington could use the director to rein him in. Problem is, he was the director. He was the director, yeah. Because yeah, he's saying that he was so clearly, like, gone, like, it's such a clear, like, gone for an Oscar type of production. Yeah, and I've heard that, that those... uh that those performances are are outstanding. Um, Hacksaw Ridge, we talked about. Hell or High Water, which you yep. recommend. Hidden Figures, uh, which caught my eye because it's uh, Pharrell Williams is one of the producers. Yeah, about the about the African American ladies that work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's an incredible story, and I think John that yeah. I, I think I would like to see that. That's got. Um, it's got a good cast. Um, yeah. I like those those ladies. Um, yeah, Taraji Henson, uh, Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Kevin Costner's in it, too, I believe. Uh, yes, I think he plays Ed Harris. Yep. Uh, La La Land. Did you see that? You said you saw that? Yes, I saw that. Very good. Very different than I expected. Had everybody's favorite Syracuse alum slash B-list actor Tom Everett Scott had an appearance in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see that lion. I don't know what that's about. That's about the this Indian kid that ended up on a train, 
and ended up so far away from his family, and he became an orphan, basically, and he was adopted by, I think, an Australian family, and it's like his journey to find out who his real family was. I do want to see that here. It's very good. Oh, it's got um, Dev Nicole Patel, Ro- yeah, Rooney Mara, yeah. Nicole Kidman. All right. I think Nicole Kidman plays the adoptive mother. Got it. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. I would uh, like to see that. that. Yes. And then uh, Moonlight, which Moonlight's uh, supposed to be very good. My very, sister went to see it. My sister and mother went to see it. That's a deep. That's deep, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes place in Miami, I believe. Like <laughs> impoverished uh, all-star film collection right now on PBS, beginning of Tootsie. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I actually watched uh, it on the PBS All-Star Film Collection a couple of weeks ago. Speaking of Oscar uh, winners, um, I caught The Departed on uh, AMC the other night. Oh, nice. Start to finish. That's always a nice catch. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um, the, Alec Baldwin, I forgot how funny he is in that movie. Because he, he only plays two characters. Yeah. And in this one, he played... You know the the Jack Donaghy, Thirty Rock character as a Boston cop, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is always funny. So, um, all right, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to the Oscar uh, the Oscar preview episode. One of my favorite episodes uh, that we do. Uh, one of the, my favorite recurring episodes. Always fun. Um, and then we'll we'll hold. Uh, I know you had some you had some stuff we've been holding for a couple weeks. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we don't need to unload that all tonight. <laughs> we'll let uh, we'll let everybody go. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go eat uh, my ribs. So uh, eat your ribs. I'm gonna go check on my limoncello. Uh, with apologies to Girk's brother. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. All right. Good night, Fredo. Play some mana for us. Mana.